1: Our joy cannot be made full until His joy comes inside of us. It's just not going to happen.
2: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles. With pastor and Bible teacher, Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. And now for today's Core Truth, we pick up in John chapter 3.
1: I entitled this message, He Said What? What? have you ever been stopped in your tracks by what someone has said? It's when you hear something that we don't fully understand. As we stop and we ask ourselves, wait a second, what did they just say? Well, I'm sure you have, because there's a lot of things that people say that don't always sound right or even make any sense to us. That's when we wonder, did they just say what I thought they just said? Consider Kanye West, when he said this quote, I realize that my place in history is that I will go down as the voice of this generation, of this decade. I will be the loudest voice. We're all thinking, well, it was loud. (laughs) It's like, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Uh, Or what about when Winona Ryder, when she said this quote, I feel my best when I'm happy don't we all? (laughs) I know I feel my best when I'm happy. It's like, uh, one woman put it like this, maybe you ladies can relate. She said this quote, my therapist told me the way to achieve true inner peace is to finish what I start. She said, so far, I have finished two bags of M&Ms and an entire chocolate cake. She says, I feel better already. (laughs) It's like, And then there are those from the past that have said things that really made no sense at all. Like in the year 1899, there was a man named William Thompson. He was an English scientist, and he said three things. Number one, he says, radio has no future. Number two, he says, heavier than air objects will never fly and number three x-rays will prove to be a hoax well there you go strike one strike two strike three you're out of here okay he was wrong on all three of them and then he wasn't alone in 1899 because charles h duel he was the commissioner of the u.s patent office and he said everything that has been invented has already been invented that was 1899. (laughs) It's like, he was a real visionary. Uh, Not, okay. Uh, Yet, in the midst of the short-sightedness, there is still a wisdom that stands the test of time. When this one writer wrote, when the horse dies, dismount. Yes, you can take that to the (laughs) bank, okay. But today, as we continue in our study through the Gospel of John, Jesus will speak words that are nothing short of profound we will consider three points in light of our title. He said, what? Number one, a statement to ponder. Sometimes Jesus says things, you don't get it right off, the, right off the get-go, but you have to ponder. You have to think about it. You have to chew on it a little bit. Number two, a truth to embrace. And number three, a warning to heed. let's consider our first point, a statement to ponder as we read together, as we begin John chapter three, we'll pick up, of course, in verse one, it says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now this man came to him, Jesus, by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, what signs? Do you remember when we were studying last week, Jesus went to the Passover and it said he did a bunch of signs and wonders and it didn't tell us what they were, but there was a bunch of things going on there in Jerusalem. Obviously, this Nicodemus had seen them. Now, in verse three, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's like Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to Jesus, how can these things be? Well, we'll stop there for a moment. Well, the most obvious truth here that just seems to pop off the page to us, especially for you Bible students out there, is this. Nicodemus came at night, which makes the Bible the first showing of Nick at night, not Nickelodeon. Okay, just wanted to point that out. It happened here first. Okay, but on a serious note, Jesus made a statement here that makes many step back a few steps and say, What does that mean? At first glance, it doesn't make any sense. It's either profound or incomprehensible. Yet Jesus, like always, will bring simplicity to everything that he says. Know this. We don't have to have the mind of Albert Einstein to figure this out. We don't have to know the theory of relativity, time, length, gravity, acceleration. In fact, God's message to us in the Bible is simple. It's down to earth. Why is that? Because God wants us to understand his word so that we can know him better. Today, we will look at this man, again, named Nicodemus. His name in the original Greek language means victorious among his people. But know this, Nicodemus was not victorious in his own personal life. We know that he was a religious man that acquired much wealth and prestige. We know that he was able to gain the respect of his peers and his contemporaries. Only one problem. Nicodemus was missing something. Nicodemus was not satisfied. For he, like all of humanity, had a God-shaped void right at the epicenter of his own heart. It's something that only God could fill. Now, why is that? Well, God created us himself. He created us with a void inside so that only he could fill that void. See, when you're the creator of all things, you have the ability of doing that. That's why nothing else on planet earth will ever give us a lasting satisfaction. God made it that way. Nobody, seven plus billion people on planet earth will never find total satisfaction because God has placed a God-shaped void inside of them. And it's kind of good actually, because could you imagine if you could be satisfied with things on the earth? Some people might say, oh, I have found pizza. I am so satisfied in my life. I need nothing else but pizza. Bring the pizza. Okay? See, how much we would fall so short of what God has for us if we could be satisfied with some mere thing from planet Earth. One of the emptiest places, listen, one of the most empty places that a person can reach this side of heaven is to obtain all your goals. It's to go everywhere that you've always dreamed of going. It's to find total and complete financial success. You're thinking, well, how could that be a bad thing? Oh, it's a horrible thing. And this is why. For when all these goals have been met in your life, that's when you realize you're still not satisfied. It's an empty place to be. See, for all of us people that don't have all these things, we think, well, if I had them, I'd be happy. So it kind of keeps you in the hunt. But when you gain everything, you realize it doesn't satisfy. That's why here on the west side of L.A. in Hollywood, where there's so many rich people here, we see so many that have found so much success, and they still what? They have to medicate themselves with drugs, with alcohol, multiple marriages, sexual deviancy. Why again? Because they've obtained everything money can buy And it's still not enough. Yes, Nicodemus was missing a piece inside. And he didn't know what it was. All he knew was this. There was a black hole of emptiness that rested inside of him. Inside of his own heart. And he could no longer ignore this. For he was lacking the joy that comes with a real contentment. I wonder if there are any here today that are lacking a real and a lasting joy in their life. Jesus said this in John 15, 11, he says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you so that your joy may be made full. See, our joy cannot be made full until his joy comes inside of us. It's just not going to happen. But once his joy comes inside, then our joy can be made full. That word full means to complete, to fill, and to make full. It's like being crammed full. Understand, Jesus' offer to us is his joy. And it's also his peace. Not only joy, but his peace. And his peace in the Greek original language means a quietness of rest. I wonder How many people that live in this city have found a real quietness of rest? Well, Nicodemus didn't. Listen to Nicole Kidman. You know, she was once the wife of Tom Cruise, and she's married to Keith Urban now. But when she was asked on entertainment.com to tell what she's learned about life as she's become an older woman now, she said this quote, I think you go, okay, there's happiness and then there's great sadness. There's a gamut of emotions, which is true, right? She says, if you keep waiting to be happy, it's never going to happen. It's more that it's just life. And the wisdom of that comes, unfortunately, as you get older, it just does. And she laughs. Like you're never going to be happy. I mean, here's a woman that's like had, you know, in her own right, a lot of, you know, cinematic, you know, success in movies and what have you. Been married to Tom Cruise and now Keith Urban, a music guy, and all of this stuff. And he's like, you're not going to find happiness. Yes, when you get older, you realize that nothing in this life can truly satisfy outside of Christ. And Nicodemus, he understood this dilemma. He, he was religious, but it didn't satisfy, for he achieved great status. He realized his dreams, for he was not just any ruler. Verse 1 says that he was a Pharisee. We also know he was a member of the Sanhedrin, the highest religious order in Jerusalem of the day. He was a lawyer. He was trained in theology and philosophy. He was part of the Supreme Judicial Council, that is being part of the Sanhedrin of Judaism. It only consisted of 71 members. They were the law in Jerusalem, and he was one of those 71 members. Yet Jesus had a much different opinion towards those self-appointed group of religious men called the Pharisees. For some of those men allowed their position and power to set themselves above the needs of God's people. Now Nicodemus wasn't one of them, but many others were. Yet Jesus saw right through them, just as Jesus sees right through all of us since he looks at us as a clear transparency. There's nothing hidden from the eyes of God. Yet Nicodemus, he was searching for something more than what this life had given to him. So he sought out Jesus, and he sought him in the shelter of night. It appears that Nicodemus didn't want to be seen with Jesus by his own contemporaries. Maybe he was embarrassed to be associated with Jesus. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ. You know, this person that led me to Christ wanted me to put a bumper sticker. I've shared this before, but some of you haven't heard it. They wanted me to put a bumper sticker on my car and I'm just kind of (laughs) like, I'm yelling to Jesus, but you know, (laughs) I just didn't want to, advertise it with a billboard on the back of my car, you know? So anyway, I'm looking through this drawer. I mean, who has a drawer of bumper stickers in their house? Okay. Anyway, but you know, I looked for the smallest one. It was this big. It just said, in God, we trust. I'm like, okay. They wanted to see me put it on. Okay. Whatever. Boom. It's on. Okay. The very next day, Not like a week later, not six months later. The very next day, there I was working at Ontario Honda Motorcycle Shop. The mechanics asked me to go to lunch. They never asked me to go to lunch. And I was just an 18-year-old kid. And, you know, to go to lunch with the mechanics, I thought they were all cool guys, you know, cool muscle guys. I'm like, yeah, let me go out to lunch with the mechanics. (laughs) So I'm like tracking along behind you. I'm going to lunch, you know. And so they walk by my car, and the one guy goes, "What is that?" And I'm like, No oh. and I'm like, "Ah, uh, ah." Uh, uh, and all it said was, "In God We Trust." I said, "Well, you know, In God We Trust." We all pay cash. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and they he said, okay. And they walked. And I'm just like, oh, what did I just do? I was so bummed at myself. I'm just like, ah, I was so embarrassed. And I thought, you know, I'm not, I can't do that anymore. I got to step up. But anyway, one thing for sure, Nicodemus could not deny his own curiosity. Maybe he watched Jesus from a distance as he wondered to himself, how does this man speak with such power and such authority? Because man, Nicodemus, Nicodemus was old, he had been around, he had seen a lot of up-and-coming guys, but this Jesus, he was different than everybody else. And how in the world does he do all of these miracles? What was he doing? Making the blind see? The lame walk? I mean, really, oh my, how is this happening here? And I'm seeing it with my own eyes. He wanted to know what makes his Jesus tick. Remember, Nicodemus, he had wealth, he had prestige. He was, he was overflowing with religion. How do you get any more religious than Nicodemus? But none of it satisfied. And that's what drove Nick out on this night. And it drove him out of his comfort zone. Notice how Jesus received him, he didn't belittle him for coming at night. We could learn a lot from this there are times when people will approach us who are a little timid about talking about Jesus, but they know that you're the token Christian. So they kind of come and they'll kind of beat around the bush at first, you know, and they want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about the emptiness in their life, but they don't want to just spill their guts there. So they'll start talking about this and that and whatever, and they're trying to get around to it. This doesn't mean that they're not interested. It just means that they're entering into this new arena of talking about God with caution. And that's okay, because at least they're coming. Jesus received Nicodemus that night. He didn't say, what? Hey, you're Mr. Religion here in in Jerusalem. What, you too embarrassed to come see me during the day? You know, and you call yourself a leader in the synagogue. You know, he didn't say anything like that. I wonder if we know anyone that's like this. Maybe it's someone who's barely keeping afloat. Maybe it's someone who needs to be encouraged with the word of God and the promises of God. And they're just kind of coming to you and they're talking about maybe other things and other people, but it's really them. I love what it says in Proverbs eight seventeen. He's God speaking. It says, I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. What a great promise that is. God says, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what you've done. If you seek after me, you can find me. Isn't that a promise that we should let people know? Doesn't matter what you've done. If you seek after the God I serve, you can find Him. Doesn't matter where you've been. I love what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and burdened down, and you shall find rest. Do you know that you have that message in you? That we live in this area where there's millions of people that are searching for some kind of satisfaction and you can let people know that no matter what they've done, God could give them rest how much anxiety, how much fear, how much just messed up thinking is there in this area? And we can let people know, oh, you want to find rest? I know where it's at. We can tell people that. Well, verse two, Nicodemus called Jesus rabbi or teacher. He was acknowledging his position. Jesus was sent from God. Yet Jesus responds to Nicodemus knowing exactly what he's missing with this profound statement in verse three. He says, truly, truly, or verily, verily, which just simply means now hear this. Now hear this. Listen up, Nick. This is a faithful and true statement. Unless you, my friend, are born again, you cannot go to heaven. It's impossible. Not going to happen. You will never go to heaven. Could you imagine telling that to this man? who has spent his whole life in pursuing the Lord, memorizing the scripture. I mean, this guy who has elevated himself to one of the 71 people of Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, a Pharisee, the highest religious order of the day. You're not going to heaven, pal. Wow. Nor can you have a relationship with God. Whoa. I pray to him every day. I've got all of these prayers memorized. It's like, you can't even have a relationship with God, Nicodemus. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 3, 23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. It causes a separation. It causes a division. God says in Isaiah 59, it's not that my hand's short that I can't reach you. It's not that my ear's dull that I can't hear you. But your sin is separating you from me. Many don't want to hear that today, do they? People don't want to hear that we're sinners, that we're separated from God. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear things to be validated. Validate me. Affirm me. I want you to tell me how right I am and that I'm always a winner. No one's a loser these days. Everyone's a winner. We're all wonderful. We're all great. Let me validate you. And that's what people want to hear today. And the Bible turns around and says, no, you've sinned and you're lost and you need a savior. God just cuts right to the chase. He doesn't build us up. Here, let me candy coat it here for you. Man, the God just comes as, you know what your problem is? The problem is you. And you need to humble yourself before me. That's what God says, because he speaks truth. And for those that think, no, I'm a good person, I don't sin. Really? Like, Really? You don't sin. First John 1.8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. We're deluding ourselves and the truth is not in us. So you get a person who's like, oh, I'm sinless and all that. Well, well, you're just full of yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You're deluding yourself. You're lost. Understand, with this single sentence, Jesus literally threw out all of Nicodemus's goodness, all of his religious good works, and all of his deeds, his fasting, his praying, his tithing. They all went out the door along with his reliance on circumcision. His keeping of the Sabbath and his status as a religious Pharisee. Even his trust he placed in his Jewish heritage. It's all gone. Everything's gone. Everything was thrown right out the window. I wonder if there's anyone here today that's in the same place and position as Nicodemus. Those who trust in being a good person. I'm going to get to heaven because I'm good. I'm a good person. I help people. I do nice things. For we're not saved, the Bible says, based on good works or on some religious affiliation. I've been in church my whole life. I've gone every Sunday. doesn't matter. For God will always only judge us on what his word says, not on what we think. And so goodwill and good works will never outweigh the bad as if somehow God grades on the curve. He doesn't. He doesn't grade it on the curve. I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse nine. He says, who can say, he's asking a question. God's asking you, who can say, I have cleansed my own heart. I am pure of my sin. Nobody. Nobody can say that. We can't purify ourselves. That's why he says in Jeremiah sixteen seventeen. although you wash yourself with and use much soap, the stain of your iniquity is still before me. So you can sin, you can do the things that are wrong. You can go take the bubble bath, have the rubber ducky. You can have all of those things, but you're not cleansed before God because he sees it all. Jesus burst Nicodemus's bubble. He told him, look, Nick, religion, good works, Good deeds in themselves can never save you. doesn't mean that we're not to do good works and good deeds. Of course we're supposed to be doing good works and good deeds. That's how we show the kindness of God to other people. But you're not saved by those deeds. We're not saved by them. And so it's like they can't save us. So he was just saying, Nick, you're dead in your sins. Here's the bottom line, Nicodemus. You need a savior. And ultimately he understood this. Isaiah, the prophet, some 750 years earlier, had already written in Isaiah 43, 11, he says, there's only one God, there is no other God. And that one God, he says, he is the Savior of all man. There is no other Savior, only him. And in the Hebrew language, the word Savior means the deliverer who is God.
2: That's all the time we have for our message. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible Teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you.